Well, hey, everybody. I thought I'd jump on a few minutes early here and just take some time to say hello. If you're on the live stream, would love it if you would just let me know that you're there. Uh, put a uh, comment in the, the comment feed and just let uh, it shows your name. So you don't have to put your name in there, but just say hello and let me know that you're going to be watching today. Hi, Patricia. How are you doing? Uh, good afternoon. And um, I'm excited. We're going to be looking at Revelation 4 and 5 today. Uh, if you're wondering why we're doing such big chunks, um, I'm really looking at kind of major themes going on. And today's, uh, today's two chapters really fit well together. And we're going to talk about that here a little bit more in just a moment. So um, that's why I'm kind of breaking up uh, the books, uh, the book the way that I am, it, using just uh, larger chunks uh, as we go through. Now, that may change. We may focus on smaller pieces as we kind of go along. Um, and then we may take breaks to ask questions. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't gotten any questions yet. So uh, you may not have any questions about what we talked about. If you don't, great. If you do, I would love it if you would submit them. You can send those to info at the tree.church. You can send them to my, my email, cread at the tree.church. Or um, you can throw them on Facebook. If you message me on Facebook, um, I'll get to those as soon as I can. So really excited to get going today i'm gonna take about uh, a few more minutes here and uh and then we're we're gonna get started uh and again like i said we're looking at revelation four and five today so if you're following along in your own bible uh be sure to open it up to those pages and uh we'll get going here in a second want to let you know next week i hope to be back to doing two days a week uh this week uh, we just had a training on wednesday and so my schedule kind of is it has to be a little bit flexible with with what I've got going on um, on staff and what I've got going on as far as like uh, pastoring duties. Last week I had to do a funeral, and so um, sometimes things will will adjust what I get to do here. But we're gonna work through Revelation, and we're gonna just uh, keep plugging away. So, and and I'm really excited about what we're gonna talk about today. I kind of say that every week. I I'm loving the Book of Revelation. I don't know if you're intrigued by it. I don't know if you're finding it interesting. But the more I study and the more I read it, um, it is a different book. But but man, it's got a lot to say uh, to me in my life, to how I think about Christ and how I think about God and how I think about um, what I'm anticipating uh, in this world and what I'm anticipating in the in the world to come. And so um, it, it's got a lot of good information, a lot of good heart check stuff. Um, and so I hope that you're enjoying it as much as I have been. Um, Say real quick hello to Christina, and then uh, I'm going to throw my notes here up on the screen real quick. There I am. All right. And we're going to get going. I'm going to say a quick prayer, and uh, we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. I thank you that you have given us your word to, to teach us, to lead us, to guide us. And just to, to um, direct our path, would speak to us today. Uh, what, whatever it is um, that your word has to say, I pray that our hearts would be open to, uh, to hearing it, that our hearts would be tender to what you want us to do about it. And Lord God, that we would be um, faithful to respond in obedience through the power of your spirit. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we give you thanks for this time. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So, Revelation 4, verse 1. After this, I looked, and there in heaven a door stood open, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me, like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. 
At once I was in the spirit, and there in heaven stood a throne, with one seated on the throne. And the one seated there looks like Jasper and Carnelian. And around the throne is a rainbow that looks like an emerald. Around the throne are 24, el 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones are 24 elders, dressed in white robes, with golden crowns on their heads. Coming from the throne are flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And in front of, uh, in front of the throne burn seven flaming torches, which are the of God. And in front of the throne there is something like a sea of glass. Around the throne and on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature like the face of a human, and the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them six wings, are full of eyes all around and inside, day and night, without ceasing they sing, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on a throne, the 24 elders fall before the one who is seated on a throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will all, excuse me, and by your will, they existed and were created. Then in chapter 5, Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written, a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seal? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look into it. The one of the elders said to me, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw between the throne and four living creatures and among the elders, a lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God saints from every tribe and language and people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom and a priest serving our god and they will reign on earth then i looked and i heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and live in the living creatures and the elders they numbered myriads of myriads of thousands of thousands singing with full voice Worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb forever. And honor and glory and might forever and ever. Living creature said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. 
this is quite a change from last week's verses, right? We looked at chapter 3, which were very uh, similar to the epistles that Paul wrote, the, the letter that Paul had written. And now today we're in chapters 4 and 5, and the book really takes a turn for, um, let's just say, the different. <laughs> it takes a turn to where we're going to be seeing a lot more uh, imagery. We're going to see a, be seeing a lot more pictures that John is trying to paint for his churches. And so I just want to touch on a few different uh, elements of the imagery that we're going to be looking at in chapters four and chapter five. Now, I'm not going to hit into every single one of them because there's one main point that I'm trying to get to today. And so I want you uh, to really focus on the main point. So, but, but let's take some time and just kind of process through what these what some of these images are. So we got the 24 thrones and the 24 elders. And, and essentially, this is describing all facets of faith. You've got 12 plus 12. You've got the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles. And so what you have is really the fullness the from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the fullness of faith um, in the 24 thrones and the 24 elders. You have the seven spirits, or in some Bibles, you'll see a footnote that says the sevenfold spirit. Essentially, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. It, it, you're, the spirit goes out to seven different churches, and so it's broken up into uh, flaming tongues or flaming um, fire in front of the throne. And so this is the imagery of the Holy Spirit. And the, the seven is used because of its symbolism of completeness. Now, we see that later on with um, the lamb. The lamb is, has seven horns and seven eyes. And, and, and the whole idea is that um, the, the lamb was complete. That, and, and obviously, the lamb represents Christ. But uh, the, the whole thought is that the lamb is complete. And so when you see the, the, the number seven, what you need to think in your mind, you need to think wholeness, completeness, fullness. All right. Then there are the four living creatures, and these creatures are probably about the weirdest things that you can possibly think of. But if you remember, he is uh, describing something uh, that, that he may be physically seeing. He is describing something that has symbolism and, and is a metaphor for something else. So what we have is we got the lion, we got the ox the human and the eagle, and they all have wings and they all uh, are, they're, they're worshiping before the throne. And this, just like the 24 uh, thrones and 24 elders represents all facets of creation. You see later in chapter four, where, um, where they said God is worthy because he has created all. Um, and, and I'm not recalling the words exactly here, but because he was the one who created it, that all of creation worships and adores him. And so we see these four representatives of creation bowing before God and worshiping him. And then we see the scroll. Now, some scholars say it's scripture. Um, when I was reading Eugene Peterson's book, Reverse Thunder, he tends to think that the scroll is actually scripture. However, other scholars think that it's uh, really the, 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 um, uh, the word escaped my brain um, starts with an E and I cannot bring it to my mind. I'm sorry. Um, essentially 
this the scroll is uh, the starting of the last things, the judgment that was to come uh, on the earth. And so if I ever think of that word, I will I will say it because I will bring it to as soon as it comes to my mind, I'll 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 want to clue you in on it as well. So but um, so the scroll is the the judgment and the the releasing of the last things. And 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 so we're going to see that that the God holds these last things in his hands and he holds this judgment in his hands and he goes, who is worthy to open this scroll? And we're going to talk a little bit more about who is the worthy one here in just a second. Now, these are all intriguing, interesting, weird images, but more important than who and what these images are is what they are doing. They're worshiping. And this is the main theme of these two chapters. It's the main theme of the entire book of Revelation, that God is seated on a throne and he is worthy of worship, that the lamb who was slain is worthy to take the scroll and he is worthy of worship. You'll notice if you if you got your Bible open in front of you, there are five different hymns between chapters four and five where, where these creatures and the elders in the host of heaven in this throne room image they, they're all bowing down, they're all worshiping, and they're all ascribing God glory and honor and blessing and praise and, the, and ascribing that to the Lamb. And so as we go forward, and as we think about and we look at and we um, investigate all the different weird happenings that we're going to find in Revelation, we need to keep this in mind. This book is about worship. It's about the worship of God and the worship of the Lamb. And so we need to remember every time we come up against something strange, something weird, we need to remember we interpret this entire book through the eyes of it drawing our hearts to worship. So it's the main thrust of Revelation and what John is trying to convey to uh, his churches is that Jesus is worthy of worship and that God is worthy of worship. Now. John does this by painting two different pictures. You can imagine that uh, chapter four is one image that he's giving, and chapter five is a different image, similar but a little bit different. And so imagine that you have these two different paintings hanging on a wall, and John is trying to paint this picture for his churches of what's going on in the heavens. And so in chapter four, we have the worship of God on his throne. And so here, I included today uh, uh, some imagery. So this is a painting I found online um, of, of the throne room, the scene that we see in, in John chapter 4. God is seated on a throne, and he's being worshipped by the host of heaven, all these creatures, all of creation, the fullness of, of, of the pillars of faith. All of them are worshipping God. And then you have chapter 5 which is the worship of the lamb who was slain. And here we have a picture of the lamb um, before the throne and, and, and or at the right hand of the throne. And, and he is the one, and he is worthy of worship. We see at the end of chapter five, worship is ascribed to the lamb. And so, though we have two pictures, there are some unifying elements within these two chapters. And it's simply this. John wants the, the churches to know 
that the God who sits on the throne and the Lamb are both equally worthy of the worship given to them in these pictures. So yes, we have God sitting on his throne worthy of worship. Then we have the Lamb who, who is slain and he's worthy to open the scroll and he is worthy of worship. And John is trying to convey something very clear. The Lamb and God are the same. They're of the same substance. They're both worthy of worship. Because for, uh, for there was only one worthy of worship. It was God alone. And so when John says that the Lamb is worthy of worship along with God, he is saying that the Lamb is also God. And so John is, is making this Christological statement that, that Jesus is divine and that what he did is worthy of worship. So let's take a look. Before we close out today, I want to take a quick look at why the Lamb was worthy and why he was worthy of worship, because I think it has something really important to say to us. So why is the Lamb worthy of worship? Well, he is the only one found worthy to open the scroll. God hands him the scroll, and he is the one who opens it, setting in motion the um, eschatological, that's the word I was looking for earlier, it's the, the, the eschatological times, the end things. And so because of what Christ has done, he is worthy to, um, to be the one who sits on the throne and judges uh, the saints and judges the world. Um, we see that in other passages throughout Scripture that Christ will be the one who judges his church and who judges the world um, and who sits at the right hand of the Father. So he is the one worthy to um, both to usher in the, the fullness of God's kingdom. And something interesting about um, why he's worthy is, is, is when we're looking at um, this passage in chapter 5, John is in, it, 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 the, the story is told that John is present. And so John has someone tap him on the shoulder, has one of the, the elders tap him on the shoulder. He says, look, the line of Judah, the, the, the one of David who has conquered, it's him. He is the one who is worthy. But when John looks up, he sees the slaughtered lamb. And so you get these two really opposing pictures. You get the lion who is an appearance of strength, and you get the lamb who is an appearance of meekness or weakness. And so John is painting this contrasting image. Of, of the one who is worthy to open up the scroll is the one who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, who, who operates in strength, and yet he's also the one who has submitted himself and who is on the surface looked like he was weak, but really was the one who conquered and who came through and who, who won to God the saint because of the blood shed that he shed on the cross. And so the whole idea that John is trying to paint, the, the picture that John is trying to paint here with the lamb is strength through weakness. That, that Christ went to the cross instead of coming as military leader. Christ submitted himself and showed his strength through submission instead of claiming what was rightfully his. Now, I don't know if you're hearing it in your mind as I, as I kind of say it, but Philippians chapter 2 Verses 6 through 11 is very similar 
to the end of chapter five or to, to chapter five. And I'm going to take some time and read it, but I just want to describe it a little bit. So in Philippians chapter two, these, these passages that we're looking at are, are thought to have been an old Christian hymn. So like at the time of Paul, the, the thought was that, excuse me, that these passages were actually a hymn that would have been sung in the church. And this is what Philippians chapter two, verse six through 11 says. And this, they're talking about Jesus, who is considered the lamb, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Lamb who is worthy of worship, who is worthy to open the scroll, and who has ascribed glory and honor and blessing and power, is the one who gave up what was owed him. He emptied himself. He took on the form of a slave, the form of a human, one of his creatures. And then he was obedient to the point of death. This is the upside down kingdom, if, if ever uh, there was a picture of it. And John comes in chapter five and he says, this is the one worthy. The one who emptied himself to win the victory. The one who was crucified to overcome sin and death and the world and the devil. And so you get this picture uh, of, of, of strength through weakness that Jesus embodied, and he's going to be calling his church to embody the same thing. So as we close, I, I want to close with just reading chapter five one more time. And I want you to, as you look at this passage from Philippians, I want you to begin to just hear these things play out in chapter five. Then I saw at the right hand one seated on a throne, a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing as if it had been slain or slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He, he went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowl of incense, which are the, the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests 
serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice. Worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one who is seated on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. All of heaven, all of the earth, all of creation, everything in the seas, everything in the sky, everything under, under the earth recognized confessed that Jesus is Lord and that he's worthy to be worshiped. And so what is the takeaway for today? Does our lives reflect the worth of Christ? The, the book of Revelation is all about the worship of Christ. It's all about recognizing his worth, that he's worthy of honor and glory and, and power and might. Do our lives reflect that worth to Christ? Does the way we think reflect worth, the worth of Christ? Does the way we speak, does the way we behave, the way we study, the way we worship, do our lives reflect who Christ is, that he is the one who is worthy to take the scroll? He is the one who is worthy to be king of the kingdom, to reign and to rule. He is the one worthy of all honor and glory and majesty and praise. He is the one who is worthy. And do our lives reflect it? Guys, that's what I've got for today. John leaves before us two pictures of the throne room of heaven. One in which God is on the throne and worthy of worship and praise. And another where his champion, his king and his son, the slaughtered lamb, takes the scroll begins the process of bringing God's kingdom and his reign to earth and, and, and who takes his seat and his place back with God where he is worshiped and honored and glorified. Guys, thanks so much for joining me for today's Bible study. I pray you have a great week and I will see you guys next week.